really good to be here. Let's see. Is it later to me or is it earlier to me? It's later to me. No wonder. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming out here on a Thursday night. Have you experienced the presence of the Lord? Man. And by the way, I was told what time I would be up here, and they're just pretty much right on where they told me, so I'm not bothered at all that it's almost 9 o'clock, <laughs> 10 o'clock to me. But when you hang around with young folks, that's just, what, that's just the way it is, right? My first time here, but hopefully it won't be my last. Okay. I'm uh, excited to be anywhere that I can, well, number one, speak to a mixed age group. always love it when I can share with some young folks. And people a little older like me and the, la the lady that just screamed. But even more so, I love it when I can be in such a diverse house. And um, I just, you know, I don't know how many different ethnic groups would be represented here tonight, although maybe probably we're all Americans. But uh, I love the diversity. It feels a little bit like heaven, I think, we will feel. And... Um, so I'm just going to jump in pretty quickly. I want to mention one or two of my product uh, products to you. Really only one I think I'll mention. And that is uh, this uh, book, The Appeal to Heaven and Appeal to Heaven. How many of you have heard, either you've heard me do this message or you've heard of this message and the flag, Appeal to Heaven? How many can I see your hands? So there are a good many of you who have not. And uh, I'll just say, since I'm not going to preach on this tonight, that uh, it's my most important message. You would think that since having said that, I'd be speaking on it. But I do try to tap into what I think God wants to say in, on any given night. And it's not where I feel led to go, but it is my most important message right now. I'm going to take it one step farther and say it's one of the most important messages to this nation, period, right now. Not because it's mine. It's really not mine. It's just a prophetic journey God put me, walked me through for 12 years that ended with the complete revelation of, of this message. And people listen to it and say, I now have hope again for America. Others listen to it and say, now I know God isn't finished with America. And if you haven't seen the flag, I'll just show it to you. Because you need to see it. Our nation was born not under the stars and stripes, but under this that says, appeal to heaven. And, and George, George Washington commissioned 
this flag to be made with this phrase, Appeal to Heaven, on it because of the writings of a man named John Locke who said, when you've done all that you know to do, when there's no other hope, there's still something you can do. You appeal to heaven. And our founders knew that there was no way America could gain its independence from the greatest empire in the world with the greatest army and the most money and the greatest arsenal of weaponry unless, unless God was in this. And if God was in it, we could prevail. So they put right on the flag and this flag flew over all the naval vessels, over all the battlefields. Did you know our nation was born under a prayer movement? Appeal to heaven. And then I found out that the evergreen and other aspects of this revelation don't go back just to America's beginning, but ultimately the Lord showed me it goes all the way back to Abraham. Because I kept wondering, you know, why is this turning up not just in America? Because it was hidden, I believe, by the Lord, this flag, for over 200 years. And then brought out of hiding a couple of years ago, 2013 to be exact. But when I found out that his, the history of it, I kept asking the Lord, why is this turning up not just in America now? Because there's wind on this message and it's just, it's everywhere. I said, why is it, you know, the picture on here is from the top of the Himalayas, the highest point you can get in the world with a young man who I didn't ask to do it. He just was led by the Lord to take this flag to the top of the Himalayas at a point where people climb and then they offer prayers to their Buddhist gods and, and, and leave their little flags to symbolize their prayers. And here's a young man holding up the appeal to heaven flag over all the other flags. And I said, Lord, why did somebody sent me a picture? Why did this thing turn up in Cambodia? And this, this, this picture sent to me of a lady holding it in the prayer meeting against human trafficking. And then somebody sent me a picture from the plains of Nineveh in Israel. And then pictures started being sent to me from Africa and Asia. And I said, Lord, I understand why it's significant to we Americans, but why is it turning up everywhere? I just, a man just sent me a picture. He took it to the North Pole a month ago. He had never heard me talk about it. He just saw the flag and the Holy Spirit said, take it to the North Pole. He checked. There are two ships that go in the month of June. The only time you can get there, the only boat you can go on, $25,000 a ticket. He said, Lord, you're going to have to confirm to me I'm supposed to do this. And the money started rolling in, and, and, and it all came in quickly. And he said, why do you want me to take this to the North Pole? And the Lord said, because I'm about to revisit the earth, and I want this flag held up and, and decreed over at the top of the earth. He made his inquiries, and he got the last seat on the last boat. So I'm just, I'm really going out of my way to say to you tonight, please 
listen to this message. You can go to YouTube. You can go to my website and get it. You can watch it on YouTube. You can read the book. I wrote this book very short and easy read so that men would read it too and young people. So please, please check it out, okay? Please check it out. And where are we going tonight? Is everybody okay? Is it past your bedtime or you're all right? I'm going to share for a few minutes, just a very few, as an introduction, a couple of words that make clear where we really are as a nation. Not, not where God is going to take us, but the reality of where we are without God. Okay? So it's going to sound like I'm starting with bad news. I'm not going to leave you with bad news. I'm starting with reality so that you won't be alarmed at what's happening. And then I'm going to show you, tell you where the Lord wants us to go. And I'm going to leave you with hope, okay? So don't, don't be alarmed by where I start. Last week I met with, well, I'll just read you what I wrote about it. This week was another wake-up call for me. I met with a world-renowned expert on international societal trends and on the rise and fall of nations. Now, he's a, a prophetic believer, but he was not speaking to us from his prophetic perspective initially. He was talking to us as the expert he is on international societal trends and the rise and fall of nations. He recently taught a group of his peers on the subject at Yale and has now been invited to do so at Oxford. According to he and the 60 international experts he met with, the verdict, as far as they're concerned, this is not my, my, my verdict. This is not God's verdict. This is what all of the signs and 6,000 years of studying trends in cultures led them to. The verdict to them is in. America will not survive as the leader of the world. And World War III is inevitable. And he looked at us and he said, he's just a small group now of believers, about five of us. He said, I'm telling you not what I believe is going to happen. I'm telling you, naturally speaking, what is inevitable. As a spirit-filled believer, however, my friend qualifies the grave prediction with one and only one possible hope, divine intervention. He is now saying from a secular and statistical perspective what I've been saying for almost 20 years, there is no hope for America without a third great awakening. And there is no hope for the world without a revived America. 
Do I believe that awakening is coming? I believe it's already begun. I believe that the praying church is going to keep pushing the body of Christ and then the nation and nations right into the fullness of it. But I want you to know that it will be dependent on, the, on us doing just that. Let me, let me read you something else. This, is, this was a, a word given by my friend Chuck Pierce, who, by the way, we're going to be back in the state together in Long Beach, right? September 2nd and 3rd. And you can read about that if you want to make that trip. It's a Friday night, Saturday morning by going to Wind and the letter N, windandfireministries.com and get the information. And Chuck and I are going to, we're going to revisit the state shortly. But he says, in April 2016, I gave this prophecy. I began, well, He's just, I'm quoting now, starting Monday, April 25th through October 20th, 2016 will be the most tumultuous, confusing time this nation has known in over 160 years. Anybody ever heard of Chuck? Okay, no, I don't think anybody is perfect in their gifting, but there's no one that I feel like or I believe is more accurate than Chuck Pierce is. So I put a lot of weight on this prophecy. Chuck is just scary accurate. (laughs) Starting Monday, April 25th, so we're in this, through October 20th, 2016, will be the most tumultuous, confusing time this nation has known in over 160 years. We have now crossed over into a time that will determine our future. I want you to know the body of Christ will not be the same. You stand at a crossroad and must know how to turn. This is a time that America defines its future. But understand this. This is a time that those leading the kingdom of God must move into their next identity. I am taking this word so seriously. I've known for five years that God was in, in, that I was in a process of transition with God. You know, sometimes I go through short transitions. Sometimes when God is preparing you for such a time as this, with such a significant destiny and there's such a weighty thing he's doing, sometimes you just got to go through a pretty significant transition. And I feel like I'm coming in to a new phase of my identity and I will shift fully into it. I feel like I'm pretty much there, but I will shift fully into it and I'm going to say to all of you, you better shift into a new identity also. I, this is the Lord talking now, keep in mind, through Chuck prophetically. I need my intercessors. Don't you think it's interesting? Don't you think it's pretty weighty, pretty heavy when God says he needs something? 
I need my intercessors. That's why I like, I like it when I'm in services where they, where they don't hesitate to stop what they're doing and turn, turn it into a few minutes of prayer or a long time of prayer. I appreciate that tonight because we're in a season where God is saying, I need. He didn't say, I need your sermons. He didn't say, I need your books. He didn't say, I need your good ideas or your methods or your programs. He said, I need my intercessors. You have entered into a time of the tabernacle of David being exemplified and emerging in the earth. See, when David set up his tent and put the ark in there, he established 24-7 worship. And so the Lord says, you've entered into a time. He said in scripture, the tabernacle of David will be restored. That's not a physical tent. That is night and day worship. And I don't think you have to be doing night and day worship in your prayer group or church or ministry to be a part of that. But you have to, you have, to have moved into a, a lifestyle where the most important thing to you is going after the presence. So he says, you've entered a time of the tabernacle of David being exemplified and emerging in the earth. All religious culture across the earth must now shift. See, I like, this is, this is an example of that. Not one church, not just representing one community, people from different streams, congregations, cities, counties in this region coming together. Don't care who leads it. Don't care what color they are. Don't care what ethnicity they, they are originating from. Let's just be the body of Christ and emphasize the kingdom of God and come together. And a white man will submit to a black man's leadership and an older man will submit to a younger man's leadership because we're just all learning how to flow together and we're shifting into a completely different mindset. And I know he, he defers to me as an apostolic leader and a prophet, but you need to know that I'm submitted to his leadership in this meeting. All religious culture across the earth must now shift. Be willing to be the Judah, that's worship, praise, expression that creates my prototype for the future. Then he says, in black America and the African, and African nations, the expression of God will unseat a wrong movement that will vie for authority. Then he says, only my people and unseat the violence and hate. And we're going to do it, by the way. We're going to do it. The Asian church will rise up and create a prototype we've never seen. Israel will come into its greatest conflict since 1967. You have entered a new season, so he says, let Judah arise. 
If you're, if you're leading congregations, you need to, you need to tap into the, to the heart of this word about the tabernacle of David and letting Judah arise because the most important thing you're going to be doing, you could possibly do over the next few months is worship. In fact, worship is more important than your sermons, leader. Worship is more important than, than your programs and your meth messages and, and your methods come together. And, and it's not just, you, we all know by now, worship is not just to get us in the mood and ready for the word. Connecting with him is number one. Glorifying him is number one. And they're going to be services. If people are really hearing God in this hour, they're going to be served many services where you never get to the message. You just get to the person and you just stay connected right there. And if you're the one scheduled to speak, you need to deal with it. Hopefully, you don't even need to deal with it. Hopefully, you be excited about it when the worship is so strong and the connection is so great that nobody needs to get up and talk. We just stay connected this way. Let Judah arise. And when we enthrone him in that, in that setting, he begins to rule, Psalm 149, and deal with his enemies and our very praise and worship that seats him in the throne of the region begins to deal with his enemies. And he, we begin to make judgments against the enemies of God even through our praise. If you will shift into a new time of worship and declaration, the Lord says, I will set ambushments for your enemies. Isn't that awesome? I mean, you know, I mean, I'd be all for it if, if the word of the Lord was travail for the next two or three months, and I'll do this. But how many of you, are you as excited as I am that he says, the, the thing you need to do for victory is worship? Come on. I mean, I would, I'd be on board if he said fast for 40 days. But I'm excited that he didn't say fast for 40 days. He said worship me for the next two or three months. I'm just saying. If you'll do this, he says, I'll set ambushments for your enemies. If not, they will ambush you. Not going to let that happen. By my hand, I have set things for you to discover as you walk out your day. From the new prototype of war, praise, and leadership that I am raising up in the earth, I will have a harvest of your enemies. I mean, maybe this is the season we've been in the first fruits of God impacting Muslims. Harvest is beginning in many groups of people. Maybe this is a word from the Lord saying, if you'll do this, harvest is about to increase in these groups of people. That's what he says. He says, I will have, if you'll do it, I'll have a harvest of your enemies. My blood overcomes every other structure, but my blood must be appropriated. I will have a people who bind the strong man and take his captured wealth. Know who you are. Know your enemy. 
but make me and how I think your priority. I was, I was with Chuck in Ohio back in November of last year at our first Appeal to Heaven conference. We're starting to do national conferences around the nation uh, just to gather people to, to talk about what God is saying and then to pray. It's a, these are prayer conferences where we actually pray. They're not prayer conferences where we teach you how to pray. We talk about it some, but these are actually conferences where we do it. And at the first one, Chuck gave a word that I thought was very fascinating when he said, the the, the Lord says, I'm about to release my angels of chaos. And then he just went on to talk about the chaos and commotion that would be coming to the nation. Man, are we ever in a season of chaos? And then he went on to say, but the chaos will end in order being established in the nation. I've been praying that word. I've been watching it. I've not been, I don't like some of the chaos, but I'm okay with what I am seeing because I, I, I have the context of the word of the Lord which alerted us to it coming, and I realize it's just a Hebrews 12 time where everything that can be shaken is shaken so that the kingdom of God is just seen standing and everything else is shaken down so his order can be released and the great end time harvest can, be, can go to its full level. So I'm not afraid of the chaos. I just say, Lord, bring on the order. Somebody texted me today, so they're watching one of the networks and one of the commentators today, I don't know if he's talking about the Republican convention or what, but one of them said, the choice is becoming obvious in America, chaos or order. I said, prophesy it, man, prophesy it. <laughs> Actually, it's going to be both. Let me give you a little encouraging testimony. I used to go to Washington, D.C. a lot to pray, and then the Lord just a few years ago said, just put that on hold for a while and just go, just keep going to the states and the regions, and I'll tell you when to go back to Washington. And a few months ago, I started feeling a stirring to go back into Washington. Now, I've been there dozens of times. I may have been there, I may have been on a couple of hundred just prayer journeys into Washington, D.C. I've been to every state multiple times. That's just who I am. That's what I do. That's what I'm called to do. But he said, I'll show you when to go back into Washington. And a few weeks ago, I was on the phone to my daughter, who's my assistant, who does my booking as far as uh, travel and keeps me organized. 
and my wife almost ran up to me and said, I just heard the Lord say, tell Dutch to go back to D.C. And I said, okay. And she said, this is serious. Now, like not a month from now. I said, yes, ma'am. I told my daughter, change my schedule next week and route me through Washington, D.C. on my ministry trip that week. I called a couple friends and I said, God has said, get to D.C. Do you want to go? They said, yes. We went to a conference that weekend. It happened to be the second Appeal to Heaven conference in Daphne, Alabama. Chuck was there again. I always bring Chuck in just to prophesy into what we're doing. He turned to me at one point and he pulled out a stake, a railroad, you know, stake that he symbolizes to him, the Lord restaking the nation. He pulled it out and he grabbed my brother, who was one of the two guys about to go with me. And he pulled us up to the front, uh, to, on the platform, and he, and he said, the Lord says, take this stake to Washington, D.C. this week and restake claim to the nation. And I said, we already have our tickets. We're leaving Wednesday. I see. It's really comforting when the Lord confirms things like that. We went and we prayed. I had the best prayer time in D.C. that I've had in 10 years. And at one point, we, we, were, we spent about an hour, maybe an hour and a half in front of the White House praying. I usually go to all three branches of government just to pray over our government leaders. And so we started at the White House. And we were out front, just outside the gate. There's a street, if you haven't been there, Pennsylvania Avenue blocked off now, and it's probably as wide as almost this building is. People are milling around because it's, as I said, blocked off. And so we, we gravitated to parts of it that were empty. Nobody within 20, 30 yards of us so we could pray quietly and not be disturbed and, and just kind of have a little privacy. Some of the prayers were together. We cluster and just kind of conversationally talk, but really praying, not, trying not to draw attention to ourselves by being religious People, people watching would just think we were talking to each other, but we're really praying. And sometimes we would split up and go in three different directions and just pray. And we just felt such an anointing and such a favor of the Lord as we prayed. So then we came together and said, Lord, are you finished with, with us? And uh, is it time for us to go over to the Supreme Court and pray? And one of the, bro the brothers with me said, I don't feel like we're finished here. So we split up again. We prayed a little more. We came back together. And we said, yeah, it's about 15 minutes later. We feel like we're finished. And we were probably at least from here to this section of seats from anybody, just the three of us clustered all by ourselves. And an old man started walking from over here 
And I noticed him coming toward us and I thought, why is he coming to us? Why is he invading our space? Because he was obviously on a collision course. And he had so much room to go around us. But I just kept watching him out of the corner of my eye. When he got to about here, I could tell, you know, 10 feet away, they had his head down. He was talking. I thought, what is he doing, praying? And then when he got about three feet from us, we were standing here. He's, he's on a course now. He's going to be about two feet from us. And, he, and about three, four feet away, he begins to say, and he said it six times, mercy, 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 mercy. And now he's about six feet past us, and he just keeps walking and I looked at the other brothers and they looked at me and they said, who is that? What did he say? And one brother said, hey, you, come back here. <laughs> he wouldn't stop. He disappeared into the crowd and disappeared. We looked at each other and said, we just had an angelic encounter. Whom the Lord sent to us to say, here's what I want to do. Here's what I'm going to do. I want to send mercy. 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 And when it looks like everything is falling apart all around you, you need to know that God is not finished with this nation. He is not going to lose the harvest that he has planned for this season. It is not over for us, and World War III is not going to kill all of us. And even though it's going to be a very tumultuous season, God is holding the reins of power in the earth. He knows exactly what he's doing. He's listening to the prayers of the saints. He's been listening to the millions of prayers that have been being offered up for the last 30 years and the solemn assemblies and the fasting and the worship and he's been listening to all of it and we're about to come to the last part of 2 Chronicles 7.14 or is it first, whatever it is. If my people are called by my name, humble themselves and pray, seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. We are about to move into the greatest harvest that the earth has ever seen. So when it gets a little more tumultuous over the next few months, do not be alarmed and dismayed. There may even be times, as in the past few months, when we grieve together. But do not accept anything when that happens other than the word of the Lord that says, I'm just going to keep praying and he's going to keep doing what he does and the enemy's going to play right into his hands and order is going to come and harvest is going to come and the third great awakening is going to come and signs and wonders are going to come and the greatest outpouring on a young generation that America has ever seen is about to engage 
and he's going to heal races. We're all, the church is going to finally set the example of what the kingdom of God is supposed to look like. And God's going to give us power from heaven to turn this mess around. So let me read you one more prophecy here, and then I don't know where we're going, but maybe we'll just pray. I'm, I'm here tonight to encourage you. I'm here to challenge you. I am not here to preach you into a frenzy and just hype you up and all of us go home just, just you know, <laughs> you know. I want you to know the gravity of this situation. I want you to know where we really are. I don't want you to be alarmed if it gets a little worse and the shaking continues. But I do want you to know where it's going. And I want you to know that in the midst of it, you have authority from God to be one of his intercessors to every day when you ride down the streets of your city and the interstates all around you to decree the word of the Lord that no matter what it looks like, revival is coming to this nation. So here's another prophetic word, and we'll just see where we go from here. The Lord says, I have determined and will now cause a new season to come forth. What you have prayed for, fought for, and stood for is now being released. I have decreed it, and I will not relent, says the Lord. Listen to this next phrase. I love it. The greatest push of my kingdom will now begin. I mean, if they turned their world upside down in the book of Acts and we're about to move into the greatest push of his kingdom, what is this going to look like? If the saints were translated from one region of the planet to another to preach the gospel to somebody and then translated back to their living room, what is this season gonna look like? The third great awakening, he says, shall now advance in tidal waves of my power. Amen. And I love this phrase. I love all this. Can you tell? It is the season of my surge, says the Lord. It is the season of my surge. You will now see the new breed of remnant warriors that I have reserved for this day and hour. A, I'm talking to some of them. The young man you have coming in here next month, Isaiah, he's one of them. If you never heard of him, just get there. He's a young man with a word of the Lord for this hour. He's one of many, but he's one of them. You look at him and, you, and he's so skinny, you think you could blow him over. You think... Who's this skinny kid? And he opens his mouth and like a machine gun starts bringing the word of the Lord. You will now see the new breed of remnant warriors that I have reserved for this day and hour. Those who have not and will not bow to Baal, mammon, or religious impotence. They will have the set countenance of Daniel and will not flinch in the face of evil decrees. Amen. 
as Esther's. They will rewrite those decrees by my statutes. Governors of the culture will now come forth. Remnant warriors will now emerge who have the heart of David, the wisdom of Solomon, and the tenacity of Paul. This new breed, the Lord says, this new breed standing for me in this season cannot be bought, and they will not compromise. Their ears been tuned to my voice as Samuel. I will speak, and they will follow in humility. They will dominate for me. Did you hear what I said? They will dominate for me. The earth has not seen since the the book of Acts the expression of the kingdom of God through the ecclesia, the church that is about to be released into the earth. You haven't seen anything like it. I haven't seen anything like it. It's going to be shocking in its intensity and power. uh, They will dominate for me, for I have not called my church to submit to culture, but rather as my ecclesia determine culture's path and regulate in my name and by my word. Regulators of the culture are coming to their posts. I will arise in this new season with my remnant, my glory, authority, and power, and I will rise with my fiery angel hosts. This, this angel host, this shall become evident support. You're going to be in meetings where it's going to be obvious to everybody there are angels here doing things. You're going to be at work and you're going to realize an angel just helped you with something. You're going to witness to somebody and you're going to realize an angel just healed them. We're going to awaken to the fact that we're not in this by ourselves. There are more for us than against us. And the atmosphere is pregnant with chariots of fire and angelic hosts all around us and we're going to see their evident support. The call to my remnant is to now rise and destroy defilement in your region. Resist and reign. Resist and stand. I will rise to battle for my people, says the Lord. I will display my strong arm for them. I will not stand down. I will not be indifferent. I will not be a bystander. I will rise and I will thunder against iniquitous roots and abominations that mock me. I will rise against idolatry. I will rise against antichrist government that disdains and mocks me. I will not close my eyes. I will look. I will see, I will know, and I will judge in fairness. I will not relent, says the Lord. I will not be mocked. I will answer passivity with bold, aggressive warriors of purpose. Do you hear that last phrase? I will answer passivity with bold, aggressive warriors of purpose. Are there any bold, aggressive warriors of purpose in the room? 
Sometimes we act like we serve the loser, not the winner. Creation, not the creator. We don't act like sometimes that we serve the omnipotent, all-power, all-wise, all-knowing, ever-present God who created the heavens and earth for whom nothing is impossible. Did you hear what I said? We need to start acting like we're on the winning team and start letting God arise and his enemies be scattered, not just singing about it and not just singing about it on Sunday morning or Thursday night, but every day when we get up and go out the door, we need to go out the door saying, let God arise today in my life and through me and let his enemies be scattered everywhere I go. And sometimes when you say something like this, people look at you in shock and awe like you're crazy. And I want to say to them, what Bible are you reading? He's not going to be a tie with God and Islam or Buddhism or any other false God or false religion. The God who answers by fire is about to do it. Listen to this, because this is a word for you, this place. Listen to me. This is a word for this movement. I will now reveal revival fire engines. Places emanating with Holy Spirit fire. Vortexes of tornadic fire will begin to spin through regions. You know, there are a whole lot of people in America that don't really believe God can send revival to the San Francisco area. They, some of them won't even come out here to see because they're afraid they'll fall off into the ocean. It'll happen when they're there. There are going to be a whole lot of people in the church that are struggling and are going to try to be figured, have to be figured out what they're going to do with all of the people that are saved in the homosexual community. And they're going to have to start figuring out how... Hey, and it may expose some of our religious stuff. And bigotry. Because some people don't think that God loves the homosexual or the adulterer or the person living under the bridge as, as much as he does their prodigal son or daughter. Or brother businessman that's worth millions that, does, that needs Jesus. But I'm here to tell you, he loves, he loves all of them as much as he loves any of them. There are people living under bridges right now that will be prophesying next year this time. And there will be people sitting next to you a year from now that have had sex change. And they've come into the kingdom and they've found salvation and we're going to have to know how to love them and, what to, and how to relate to them. 
And I'm not telling you I have all the answers, but I'm telling you it's coming. The, the move of God that's coming is unprecedented, and there's nobody he, he intends to leave out. He's going to save the up and out and the down and out and the drug addict and the, and the, and the gang banger. He's coming to save all of them and anybody and everybody, and he's going to get that millionaire full of pride, and he's going to bring them low too. And he is not a registered Democrat or Republican, by the way. Deal with it. I will now, the Lord says, reveal revival fire engines. Places emanating with Holy Spirit fire. Vortexes of tornadic fire will begin to spin through regions. What does that look like? When this signs and wonders things kicks in the way it's about to kick in, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, it's going to take some of us by surprise what God starts doing because, listen to me, you're going to get up from your devotion time, your quiet time, you've met with the Lord all the way to the supermarket, you've had the worship on, and you've been praying in tongues, and you're going to accidentally brush up against somebody in the supermarket, and they're going to fall to the floor, shaking under the power of God, and say, what did you just do to me? But they're not going to mind, because they're going to get up healed. And they're going to say, I had this disease or I had this condition. And when you touched me, it left me. What did you do to me? You're going to shake somebody's hand just because you're meeting them for the first time. And they're going to fall to the floor or fall to the ground under the power or look at you with big eyes and say, what are you doing to me? And they're going to be delivered before they even know what's happening to them. Because when you touch them, demons are going to leave. When you touch them, scales are going to fall off their eyes. And they, 10 minutes before, didn't want anything to do with God. And after they leave this experience, they're going to say, what must I do to be saved? And there are a whole lot of Christians that don't really believe God could ever do anything like this. He's not a loser. He's a winner and he's not weak. He's all powerful. And he's no respecter of persons. And he's not willing that any should perish. And he loves the sinner as well as the saint. He loved the world and he came not for the healthy but for the sick. And he loves the sick and he loves the ones who are sinners. He loves sinners. I think sometimes he'd rather hang, well, I know it because it's biblical. He'd rather hang out with some sinners than some Christians. I'm just. I mean, I don't know how many preachers, pastors could not be uncomfortable if they're in a room full of other religious people and the well-known prostitute from the region comes in, acts like she just knows who you are. 
in front of everybody, pulls your shoes off and starts massaging your feet with her tears and worshiping. I mean, Jesus didn't have any issue with it because he knew that which was in him was stronger than that which was in her. And she wasn't going to rub off on him. He was going to rub off on her. In fact, he already had. She was there seeking for what he had to offer her. And he didn't have any problem. In fact, he, he left that meeting saying, you know, in essence, I'd much rather hang out with this person than you bunch of hypocrites. And I'm not calling you a bunch of hypocrites over here. I'm saying God is not into this religious thing that we're into where we're holier than thou and we think we got it all together and all these poor sinners over here, God just hates them. He doesn't hate them. He loves all of them and he's coming to rescue them by the millions. I'm stuck on this paragraph. I will now reveal, revival, fire engines, places emanating with Holy Spirit fire, vortexes of tornadic fire will begin to spin through regions. I will now answer Baal's prophets by fire. The fire of my glory will be fanned by Holy Spirit winds. Hell will not stop it. Hell's obstacles will become its fuel. I will flame, I will burn, I will consume with Holy Spirit fire. I am sending fire, says the Lord, fresh fire, heaven's fire, and my remnant warriors, are there any in the house? My remnant warriors will burn with my message. They will burn with my passion. They will burn with my presence. They shall be Holy Ghost possessed reformers. I will answer the weak forms of godliness with those who will not deny my power. They will release it in my name. Demonstrations of my mightiness will confirm their witness and creative miracles will be seen and reported. And they are going to be game changers. Because you can argue with a sinner or with an unbeliever or a person that's a part of another religion. You can argue with them all you want to and and all they want to. And sometimes you just get nowhere but argument and nothing flows back and forth but a lot of air. But when they see an undeniable, true miracle in the name of Jesus... They have no answer. 
It's like my friend who had a member of his congregation that finally went to the doctor, and she worked for a doctor, went to a specialist, and they ran all the tests, took all the pictures, and told her, your, your, your womb, your stomach, your female parts, you're eating up with stage four cancer. She drove not straight home, but to the house of her pastor, who's a friend of mine who believes in signs and wonders. He believes this stuff. He said, you're going to live and not die. And they laid hands on her, and God instantly healed her. And she went back to the doctor, and the same doctors ran the same tests and looked at the same pictures and said, you obviously, there's, we're sorry, ma'am, there's been some mix-up. You must not be that this person whose name is, we're sorry for confusing these charts because these, these are obviously not yours. This person is eaten up with cancer. This person, you, the pictures we just took, you have no cancer in you. She said, no, there's been, there's been no mistake. I just was healed by the power of God. And she went back to work with, as the receptionist for a, another doctor who finally came to her after two or three days. She hadn't said a word to him. And he says, okay, I need to talk to you. He says, you know, I work at, I, you know, I, I, or I, I know all these people at the hospital and I know the people that, that you had these tests with and word spreading everywhere and I've seen all these pictures and I know that you had cancer and now you don't have cancer and you know that I'm a Muslim, but my God my, uh, and my religion has never healed anybody that I know of, but your Jesus has healed you. I want to convert to your Jesus and I want to receive your Jesus. Miracles are game changers. And she led him to Jesus. He, went, he started attending a local church in the area. And about two weeks later, he came to her before or when no, one, when no one was in the office before or after. I don't know which. He came up to her and he said, I need to talk to you again. I want to share something with you. They went aside. He says, you know that I, have, that I'm the, that I own the only abortion clinic in this region. She said, yes, I do. But he says, Jesus has convicted me that I can no longer provide abortion. So I just want you to know that I'm closing down my abortion clinic. It is now officially closed. I'm telling you, signs, wonders, miracles are game changers. You can tell them how bad they are. You can pick at the clinic all you want. And I'm not against any kind of thing that God might tell you to do or not to do. But I'm going to tell you right now, there's no answer. There's no answer that they have for a true, bona fide, miracle, sign, and wonder from heaven. They're game changers, and they're coming, and they're coming soon. In fact, now it's already time. People in this room, you, just, you need to make this real simple. This is not complicated. You need to get up every day and just tell the Lord, I'm available. I'm available. I'm a believer. I do Mark 16. I don't even have to do it religiously. When I shake someone's hand today, you have my permission, sir, to heal them. He 
He's not looking for your permission. Well, in some ways he is. He needs you to agree with him. He needs you to cooperate. He needs for you, he needs for you to be intentional, to say I'm available. Do whatever you want to do through me. Some of you, you're going you're gonna to so get this. Demons are going to start manifesting when you go in the room. Uh huh. Lord says, are, are, "Are you okay? I mean, I'm gonna finish. I'm, I'm gonna stop when I finish this prophecy. So, so I know some of you are sleepy, but it's okay. I mean, just I'm almost finished. Then we're gonna pray. It is time for this is now back." the prophecy again, the Lord says, it is time for, and I am breathing forth a new Pentecost. You will inhale the sweetness of my anointing. You will exude the confidence of my power. You will live in the essence of my being. Man, what does that look like? You will experience Holy Spirit wind and you will war differently. I love this next phrase. I just love this next phrase. Breathe deeper and dominate hell's kingdom. This is kingdom paradox again. Just partake of me. The sweetness, the the anointing, the fresh, breathe deeper and dominate because you're going to move from the presence into the power. You're going to know when to weep. You're going to know when to say no. You're going to be quick to say, get behind me, Satan. The gift of faith is going to come on you. And you're going to say, you're not going to just say, I'm so sorry you feel this way. They get to faith, going to come on you and you're going to say, in Jesus' name, be healed now. I say this now by the Spirit of God. I've never said this before, but you're going, to, you're, going to, you're going to hear testimonies. You may even see it, people demonstrating, fighting, violence going on in, in America. And you're going, to see, you're going to see believers walk up and take authority over the whole crowd. And in Jesus' name, take authority over the, over the spirit of violence that's there. And you're going to see people fall to their knees on the street and receive Jesus. Because everybody's looking for answers right now. Everybody's hurting and confused and the whole thing is a powder keg and we all know it, but God is, 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 is willing to rescue us. If he can find a people that'll just rise up and say, you may not have all the answers, but you got one of them. You got the main answer and it's me. I'm not afraid to talk about the stuff going on right now because I know, I'm not afraid because it's not the elephant in this room. 
because we're family here. And I'm not in denial. I'm not in denial that we have issues. We got some things we need to work out. I'm not in denial. But I know who has the answer. And I know who he's going to bring it through. And it's not a bunch of politicians. And it's not a bunch of community organizers either. And it's not through well-meaning policemen and women. It's not, and, it's not through, and it's not through our brilliant sermons either. But I'm going to tell you right now, God has the answer. And it's going to come from the family. It's going to come from this group right here. It's going to come from us who've already worked out our have. I don't have any issues with you. And I don't have any issues with, with, the, with my Asian American kingdom people and my Latinos. I don't have any issues with any of you. And if push comes to shove, I lay my life down for any one of you. We are the answer. And we're going to see this thing turned around. need to get in agreement with me. Sometimes you cast out the devil and sometimes you love the hell out of people. Dominate hell's kingdom as intended. Step forward and push with my spirit. Push with the angel armies. Push with my great campaign. It is time for my reigning church to push. I mean, next time you hear of violence or a riot, get as close as you can without getting yourself in trouble or hurt and just start praying in tongues. And walk around and take authority over that and just start speaking peace and understanding and justice and harmony and communication. Somebody's got to start decreeing heaven's answer rather than walking in fear and, and like, you know, we don't know what to do. We know what to do. Push the gates of hell and they will not prevail. I will prevail, he says, and my remnant will prevail. Here we go, I'm wrapping it up. You shall more than conquer, so shift. Shift into the new season that I have ordained. Shift now into relevance and purpose that I have ordained. 
I mean, the world that thinks we're irrelevant, they're about to find out we're relevant. And they're going to say, this bunch that used to just be religious and stay off in their own little corner and do their religious thing an hour or two a week are starting to really turn things upside down. They're taking over. What do we do with this group of people? And there's going to be a fear of God that comes and people are either going to join us or stay as far away as they can. That's biblical, by the way. Shift into relevance and purpose that I've ordained. It is the season of my awakening. It is the season of my harvest. It is the day of the saints. It is the day of my power. Arise with me and run into a new season. Rise with me and move forward to destiny. Rise with me with great purpose. Rise and receive your Pentecost. Rise, rise with me. Rise and run to a new purpose. Rise and run into the day of my power. It is the day of my power. It is the day of my power. It is the day of my awakening. It is the season of my great harvest, says the Lord. So let's just pray. You guys just take off when you get here and just start playing something. You are perfectly positioned with what God has been doing through this movement. You are perfectly positioned for everything I just said. You are perfectly positioned to receive this tornadic vortex of fire and outpouring of the Holy Spirit. What the Lord wants to do over the next few months is take this to a completely new level. And it's not going to just happen in this group, but this is one of the nuclei, the the groups in this region that God says, I'm willing, to st- I'm willing to let you be a hub for what I'm doing. And it can, it can move. It's not just for this group. It's for any congregation, any group of believers that are willing to get out of their safe little box they've built and just get radical in their faith and push like the word said and run into this like the word said and shift into it like the word said. You're either going to be a spectator and turn into a religious old wineskin in this hour or you're going to become that fresh wineskin that can receive the new wine. And he's about to pour out that new wine in extraordinary ways. If you want to be a part of that, do something right now to let him know. Either stand or kneel or get up here, but do something to let him know right now. Make some kind of a statement to let the Lord know before we start praying, I'm in. I'm a part of this. I'm, I'm going all the way. I'm, 
I'm signing up for whatever you're doing. You do whatever it takes. Whatever you feel in your heart, you need to do right now as a response to him. Because sometimes faith just requires an act. I really didn't know who I was coming to be with tonight. I had no idea what to expect. I didn't know if this was a group of 100 teenagers in a youth group or a broad, diverse expression of the body of Christ in a region. I'm thrilled at what I found, but I had no idea what I was stepping into. But I'm telling you, San Francisco Bay Area, God is saying to you, if you push now you can shift into a whole new level and revival you will surprise the nation and the nations at the outpouring of the Holy Spirit that comes to St. Francis region so Lord It's that name we sang about earlier. It's not about collide. It's not about a visiting teacher, prophetic speaker, apostolic prayer leader. It's not about any name other than the name of Jesus. We refuse to make this about anything but you. but we refuse not to make it about you. We just boldly declare that you will be glorified over this region of California. That fires will break out here. Outpourings of the Holy Spirit will begin to emanate from this region. And for Texas, a tornadic fire will begin to burn. Angelic support will be visible. Signs and wonders, creative miracles will begin to take place. Dramatic deliverances will occur. Walls will come down between churches and denominations and leaders. And your Holy Spirit will visit congregations that once burned with fire and are now lukewarm, but you're coming to fan the flame again. Prayer groups are gonna spring up. Revivals are gonna start breaking out. Revivals are gonna start breaking out. Revivals are gonna start breaking out. Awakening is gonna start breaking out. Signs and wonders are gonna start taking place. So we stir up, Lord, our faith right now to reach up by faith and take these words. We say that even though the next two months will be some of the most tumultuous that the nation has seen in 160 years, we're not afraid of the chaos because we know you are coming to bring order. We know, Lord, that when man has no answers, that's when you show up with answers. 
you're going to break not only the, 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 the strife and the division and the, and the chaos in this nation at the right time, but you're going to break the religious spirit off of the church. And you're going to break the divisions off of us. Because it was said earlier and it's true. There's division in the, in the nation because of division in the church. There's racism in the nation because there's racism in the church. There's immorality in the nation because there's immorality in the church. But I decree over you right now, there is a remnant of the body of Christ that is refusing to tolerate it any longer. Refusing to tolerate it any longer. Refusing to bow to it any longer. Refusing to submit to it any longer. There is an Elijah company that has prepared, rebuilt the altar. And Baal has had in her opportunity to bring power and to do the things that Baal has promised, but Baal has and will fail. And the fire of God is about to fall and consume the sacrifice of the remnant army. And the remnant warriors of the bride are about to demonstrate the bridegroom. And so we just decree right now that we are not intimidated by Baal. We are not intimidated by Jezebel. We are not intimidated by the religious spirits. We're not intimidated by idols. We're not intimidated by false gods and false religions. We say there is one God. His name is Yahweh, Jehovah. He has one son whose name is Jesus. And there's no other way to get to the Father but through the name of Jesus. There is no other name given among men. No other name by which we must be saved. There are not many ways to God. There's only one. And we exalt that name now over this region. We exalt that name over this region. We exalt that name over this movement. We exalt that name, the name of Jesus, over the church of this region. And we say to the church of this region, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. And so now we prophetically decree. We decree and we, de we declare and decree over the church of this region. You will now shift fully into the next season of God's power. This is the day of his power. This is the day of his awakening. This is a day of grace. This is a day of fire, not just fire to judge people, but fire to burn the sin off of them and deliver them from their shame and from their, and from their bondage and their iniquity. And the church of this region, the remnant bride of this region, shall be willing in the day of his power.